My name is Logan Draper, and this is Modern Mad Men, episode number 87. And today, Jared and I talked about what it takes to be a great leader. What are some of the traits? What are some of the characteristics? And so, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business leader, if you're just a human who wants to grow and love the people around you, I think this will be a beneficial podcast. We would love it if you would take a few seconds to hit subscribe, give us some feedback. Let's go. Just some old heads from out of space like we come from a whole other time and place. Mad men. Mad, mad men. You feeling fresh? Frog and fresh. Okay. That's a great way to start it. Feeling, feeling good? You look good. Well, thanks, man. You think that's a you think that's a real thing? Look good. Look good. Play good. Sorry, I got this breaking news that Dale Earnhardt. Here we go. Here we go. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s family is safe after a fiery plane crash. Oh, is he on the plane? I don't know if he's on the plane, but apparently his family was. They kind of just need to stay out of transportation vehicles, maybe. Yeah, I think that would probably be fair. Hey, do you remember when we were in the office and we were watching uh, Post Malone's crash landing? Ended up just being a very normal landing. Yeah. Well, why was that such like breaking news? The gear wouldn't come down. Oh yeah, the landing so they, gear wasn't. Yeah, they were trying to figure out how they were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not something. I'm sorry. That's not like a, a laughing matter <laughs> at all. But we've just been talking a lot about how sometimes breaking news isn't breaking news. Yeah. But that's breaking news. Yeah. They're safe though. Also, it's they always made it. it's always weird to get breaking news after the fact though. Yeah. Or you didn't know anything that was going on. With the, oh. with the post Malone, we got the breaking news early, so we were able to watch it live. Yeah, we were watching on Facebook. It's, it's kind of the best thing ever. ever. Yeah. The most anticlimactic thing ever, too. But Yeah. It's also a little bit, like, we were kind of lighthearted about it, just because of the way they were talking about it, but would have been a real bummer yeah. if they would have just buried that thing. I just remember, like, 20 planes landed, and everyone were like, oh, is that him? That's yeah. him. That's it. <laughs> nope, that's not him. Yeah. And then his plane landed very fine. Oh, yeah. Now, I think it would have been great marketing if he'd have hopped off the plane and released a new album. And that was the whole setup. I don't understand why people don't do that. I know. Obviously, he, he was in a serious situation, but like that would be a great one. I think uh, when Drake was in the, basically when Drake was a player in the NBA Finals, See, how that, did he not release an album? That one would have been a good one because he actually had time to plan it. Yeah. Post, Post Malone didn't have time to plan this one. It's not like he planned this, this airplane malfunctioning. Drake's got to have songs banked back. Drake had a whole NBA playoffs, which last forever. Yeah. Just release like a, like a five song Five songs, something. Yeah. Have what? confidence. Yeah. Have confidence your it. team's going to make it and be ready for it. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Scrub. Yeah. Drake's also the fan of every team who wins the NBA Finals. Yeah. So he could release one every year. Yeah, he could. But how'd we get there? Uh, Dell Earnhardt. Oh, yeah. Junior. Junior. Yes. Man. And then you made the transportation joke. No, it wasn't a joke. That was just some, oh, okay, yeah, some, yeah. some friendly advice. Yeah, that is very good advice, actually. You doing good today? I'm pretty good. Oh, that was my question. I was uh, I was uh, a little bit tired towards the end of that last episode. Yeah. I just needed to stand up and go, go take a pee. I'm feeling I fresh I'm now. Good now. I'm feeling fresh. Oh. I, uh, that was my question to you. What? Do you believe in that look good, play good? Look good, play good? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think to a certain extent, yeah. And I think it depends on what player, too. I think... Some players, it probably doesn't matter what they look like because they're just gonna like I don't know. They just don't care that much how they look. They're they're gonna have the confidence without how much they look. But certain players, I think it I think it actually is a factor. I think if you put Mike Trout 
in some pants that didn't fit him correctly, whether they be too long, he looked dumb, or way too short, I think his batting average drops. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a thing. I think it's a thing in life. I get it. Yeah. And I don't even think you have to like be necessarily like swagged out, but I think you just gotta feel it. Yeah. Like when you walk, when you walk, you buy some new jeans, and you walk out of the house for the first time. Hmm. I know, like fresh nowadays, my my shirts aren't fitting like they used to, so I've, I've gained a little weight. So you're, it, it, most of your weight tighter. is in your arms. So when I like sit down, I feel like they just always just like vacuum seal to my stomach now. So I'm constantly like while I'm sitting, like trying to pull my shirt down and yeah. trying to pull all this out to try to get more comfortable. But if I had better fitting clothes, I'd probably feel better. Don't you think that's just a byproduct of, of both of us being in a, in a great marriage? Yeah. We've invested our time differently. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. I, mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to turn that into a humble brag. I'm just saying. I, no, no, no. I agree with the the look good, feel good, whatever you just said. Yeah. Were you bragging? I didn't think you were no, bragging. No, no. no you, you just brought on the humble, humble brag. No, no, no. I was just saying that the reason that you and I maybe have gained weight would be oh. because of that. Yeah. Maybe. You look, I think you're looking stacked. I'm trying to start working out again. I think you look great. But it's gonna be hard to work out just like just so you know when you have this kid. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't matter. But my, my whole intention was just to go f- for like three or four weeks and hopefully get in a little little better shape those three or four weeks leading up to us having a baby, just so I'd hopefully have like more energy and stuff leading up to him. Yeah. Do you feel so like have more energy? Uh some days, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I also just have the worst sleep cycle still. So you gonna grow, really. are you gonna grow your hair out? Uh nah. I think you should keep it going. Why is that? It looks fresh right now. Does it? Yeah, dude. And even if you just cut the sides, if you have to get any haircut, dude, it looks oh, that's, fresh. That's usually what I do now. It's just fade up the sides and just a, a tiny bit of a trim on the top. Will you consider something? Mm-hmm. Will you consider going pretty short on the sides? Like, uh, I, I usually get a three on no, the sides. No, 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 no. We're going shorter. Are we? Yeah, like a one. Like a one? Like faded up. I, I, might, I might try a two. Okay, I'll we start can start a two. But like start to get like a nice fade going. Because last time my hair was super short. Y'all were walking around calling me Lieutenant Van <laughs> and saluting me the day before my wedding. But you had a flat top. It wasn't the day. It's the week before my wedding. But I think you go pretty short on the sides and then eventually get to that fade and then you keep the, the top pretty long. Yeah. I think it, like the, as long as it is now. Yeah. I think that would be so fresh. Yeah. I, I have been telling them to take less and less off the top when I go. I, I think it's dope, man. I think Thanks, you have man. dope hair. I'm working on a booty fade mullet, though. I, I, I knew you were setting yourself up, man. No, that's not I, what I was doing. I was, was going to get to you. No, no, no. But you I just brought it up yourself. You're getting even worse. You didn't even let me bring it up for you. You bring it up yourself. Hey, man. Okay. Well, sorry. Let's run it back. And I think you should just keep the top long. That's what I think you should do. Yeah. Hey, you're, I, I like your uh, your new hairstyle. Well, the booty fade's coming in. Can you it's see it pretty for good. real? Can you notice a difference when I'm just um, hanging it's, around? It's kind of hard to see with the headphones on, but yes. When you have the headphones off, I can tell. When I'm just hanging out, can you see? Yeah. If you okay, if you were at a If you're from the side, yes. If you were out somewhere and you saw me and I was looking from the side, what would you say if you're like someone was like, Oh, look at that guy's haircut, what would you say my haircut was? I was like, I would say, Man, that dude's got a fresh booty fade. Okay. Would you say is, that? Is there another name for that haircut? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's like a hockey haircut, is what it's like. A hockey haircut. Yeah, it's like a mullet. Dude, it's ho- not a mullet. It's not, yeah, it's not a mullet. It's like a But you could consider it one. I don't. I don't really know what it is. Everybody I've seen who has this haircut, I think I'm the only one. But everyone <laughs> who has, like I have, they have it cut where it's more like a faux hawk. Yeah, and that's not what I'm doing. Mine's like faded both ways into a little bit of flow. Yeah, 
and I think Stormy's killing it, and I am proud of her, and I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's going to look good. I'm very excited about my haircut. I will make fun of you if it doesn't look good, though. And, I, and as your friend, I would hope that. Yeah, and I, yeah. Owe, you, I owe you a couple of bad haircut jokes. Because uh, Yeah. Cause well, I think you owe me a couple of jokes in general. Yeah. Also, there's not a bank on that. If I get 37 straight bad haircuts, I think you got to tell me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. I think yeah. it's also my love language. What? Getting roasted? Yeah, I think just like being able to cut up. Hopefully that's brains love language. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way it works, man. <laughs> that's life. That's life. Let's get into this thing. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Jared and I have been kind of rotating the last episode. We kind of just had some fun, just talked about life and love and the pursuit of happiness. And we usually have a guest on those. But on these, we're getting deeper into marketing entrepreneurship. And so on this one, we are going to talk about um, what we think the top three things that make a great leader. Uh-huh. This, I think this is going to be our, our most different list. Maybe. Because, because we're different people. Yeah. So I think I think... A lot of mine are, I don't know, two of mine are kind of who I am as a person. A great leader. So, I don't know. And I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as a, as a great leader, but these, I don't know if it's because um, two of these kind of resemble who I am, and that's why they're on the, on the list, or if they're actually what I, what I think would make a great leader. I think, I think they would, like, great leaders need to have these two, but... I want to put one caveat before we get into this list for people that are listening. I think this is important, especially in today's like Instagram entrepreneur world where people start writing inspirational quotes and posting them and they doubt, tout themselves as a leader. There's also this weird movement going on right now. And I'm not throwing shade. And if this is you, good for you. Um, but people want to be like a motivational speaker at a pretty young age really before they've like done a whole lot of stuff. And I think what's interesting about that is it's going to be hard to sell for people um, because I think to be a motivational speaker, you're going to have to command the attention of everybody in the room because you've done something or gone through something very painful. But I say all that to say, to be a leader, no matter how you label yourself or even how you are in your organization, people have to follow you to mm-hmm. be a leader. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get hung up on that. Is it like, I'm going to go start this thing. I want to be a leader, but a leader is somebody who has people following them. And so I just think as a caveat for people that striving to be a leader and to lead people is important, but you will see the fruits of your leading by not, not I don't think the volume matters, but by are people, do they trust you enough to follow you? And that's kind of what we're going through today Yeah, is what these characteristics are. Yeah. So you want to go first with me too? I'll go first. Um, so my first one is patience. Okay. Um, I don't know. One of my like biggest pet peeves and people in general, not necessarily just leaders is impatience. And especially, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I worked retail for a while. Okay. And I know like what that life's like and like how frustrating it can be dealing with impatient customers. Mm. But I think I think it takes a lot of willpower to maintain patience, and I think, um, like more than anything, I think patience will serve you better in the long run. I know, I know there's like a lot of situations where you probably like want to snap off. Yep. But I think 
patience uh, and just like, especially like the willingness to like listen. And it's just as I'm going to try not to get too much into my next one, but like a willingness to listen to like other opinions and I don't know, not be rash with your comments in situations. I think go it goes a long goes a long way. <clears throat> like I don't know what just happened to my to my throat there. I feel like it just like closed. It sounded like you fell into a cave. <sighs> yeah, you were just talking me through a cave. My throat just closed like Wait, suddenly. That was are weird. You okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think along with patience, also like the willingness to like wait, not like give up on if you have like specific strategies that have been recommended to you or that you've done research and you think are going to work, like not giving up and switching directions too quickly. I I think there is certain times where you should probably change directions, but if you're doing it like too quickly every time, yep. A lot of times in the marketing world now, it takes a few months for stuff to gain traction. So I think patience like with people and patience also with, um, I don't know. We aren't necessarily talking about the marketing world, but, um, but patience with like Strategy. seeing like your results with what you're trying to get done. Yeah. So I think just, I struggle with that second part. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do cause everybody wants to see results like right off the bat. But I think results come from like a lot of small steps leading up to the ultimate goal. And if you aren't patient you probably you're probably going to skip over those yep. small steps and try to take a shortcut to get to the, the ultimate goal yep and you might reach that ultimate goal but it might be like the foundation of that might be hindered and it might not last as long yeah. if you skip those steps and you aren't patient and like stuff's not thought out so just like patience with people and patience with like trying to um get to your to your goals yeah and what you want for the people who are under you yeah. My character, my like uh character trait, I'm like, um, apostolic more like on the apes model. I'm an, mm-hmm. like a pos- I like to start things. Like I love doing that. Mm-hmm. It's very life giving to me. And so I definitely, it's something I'm having to learn of like immediate results aren't always what the results will be in the long term. Yeah. And so like sometimes if you believe in it, you got to just chip away at it for a long time. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn that. I'm not, I'm not as good at that. I think that you are a very patient person. Yeah. Like I'd, on a scale of one to 10, I'd put you, I don't know if anybody's a 10, but 8 to 10. Yeah. I think you were very I'd, patient. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty patient person. But yeah, I also, I don't know, impatient people stress me out. Like, Do you think I'm impatient? No. Think I could get better at that? Uh, I think I think you're a pretty patient person. Okay. I've like, impatience hasn't really stuck out in you. I've, yeah. never, I've never like, I don't know, seen it staying out that much. So I think it's seasonal think, for me. I think you're a pretty patient person. <laughs> I think it's and there, yeah. I, I, mean, I have seasons of impatience too. Like when I'm super excited about something, like waiting for opening day. Yeah, Chance the Rapper to drop his album. Ch- Chance the Rapper to drop his album. I'm I'm impatient with certain stuff. It's a long few hours. But I think when you're impatient with people, I don't I don't think it's gonna breed good things. Yeah. So I think if there is like a conflict or something appro- approaching that with patience and trying to gather all the facts and like formulating a response yep. is going to be better than like reacting in a rash manner. Yeah. I struggled with that a lot. Like with sports, if you had a coach that was impatient with people or you were like always, always one mistake away from not playing, you just felt like you couldn't grow. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. think believing in the people that you have 
means you got to wait wait out their failures. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. Is coaching. Yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to play with a thought in your back of your head that man, if I make one error, I'm getting pulled. It's over. Yeah, you're probably gonna make an error. Yeah, it's bad leadership. Bad impatience. Bad leadership. Yeah, that's a good one. My first one is I think the one that I live by completely, and it's love people mm-hmm. over anything else. You have to love people, and that looks different for everybody, and in every situation, it looks completely different. But I think too many leaders know how they love people well. Um, I, like I think in a lot of leadership traits, you can't always conform to people, but I think that you've got to learn how the person that you're dealing with in that moment needs to be loved. And sometimes that's hard conversations. Sometimes it's like, hey, you're not very good at your job right now. Here's some ways we can fix that. Hey, I don't like your attitude. Those can be loving. But I think like knowing someone deeply, um, one, it allows them to trust you. But two, if you're leading somebody somewhere for your own benefit that benefits them none, they're not going to follow you for very long. Yeah. They're going to look for the next the next business or the next leader. And so I think genuinely knowing people and wanting having them buy in on the success because the success will benefit them. Yeah. But yeah, that's been a big thing for me is trying to learn how to like invest and love the people around me at the scale that they need it. Yeah. And I think too many leaders, they, you get into a leadership position and so you either feel entitled or it's about, it it really just becomes about you and the success is about you. And I think other people start to feel that and you, they feel like disposable. Yeah. I think it's a very, very, yeah. it's a very scary trait. Yeah. I, th- I think equal, like being a leader, it's like equal parts, which this is also going to get them to my next one. Um, I think it's like equal parts, um, like leading people towards like the goal or the mission or whatever. <clears throat> and, but also as equally like caring about the health of the people that you're leading. I don't think if you're just looking out and trying to get people to the mission, and not caring about their health, you aren't going to have like a, yep. You aren't going to be leading that many people for that long. Yeah. It really, that does tie a lot into like what you said at the beginning with patience too, because knowing that you're on a marathon with people means that people are going to need to stop and take breaks. And so when somebody isn't in a healthy season, maybe even outside of your organization or business, if that season of life personally isn't good, like being able to know that, and to encourage them and help them grow personally gives you a better either employee or friend or, I mean, just person in your organization. Yeah. When that person becomes healthy, they're going to run the race better and they're going to feel like they're running with you and not for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's my numero uno. I live and die by it. People over profit. Yep. My next one, we kind of already touched on it, is humility. I think you have to be, like, willing and open and, like, even – desire like feedback um you can't see yourself like as always right and you have to like know that the people who are leading are also gonna have a voice and you should trust their voice and if they want to give you feedback you should be willing to accept that and um i don't know take what they say and make a decision based on what they they say on what direction you go but I think you have to be willing to accept feedback. You can't be like, it's my way or you're out. Yeah. I think you have to be willing to accept feedback. Um, I know that one lady, that push bay conference we went to, she said she, which what she's like the 
CEO of Popeyes or something now. She was, was a CEO Popeyes of Popeyes. Something now. Yeah, maybe she's Popeyes. I don't know. Oh no, she was. Now she's on the board for Chick Fil A. Yeah, I think she, she has another job. She told like a like a story. I don't remember what job it was, but there her boss was like completely unwilling to listen to feedback or hear like any type of feedback. Yep. And she like left her job because I think a lot of the team left their job because he only cared like about his opinions and was not willing to accept any type of feedback. So I think, I think feedback overall, it's going to make you a better leader, but it's going to make the group healthier. Mm -hmm. And anytime you can like make people feel like they can be vulnerable and transparent around you and know that they aren't going to be like reprimanded for their transparency. I think, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think you also have to be willing along with humility. You have to be willing to like accept responsibility for like any mistakes, any failures. Like you, I don't think it's a good leadership trait to look for somebody to throw under the bus. Yep. I think you have to like, even if it wasn't directly your fault, it kind of still was because you're the leader. And although you might not be able to know like everything that's going on, um, with, with the people you're leading, um, you're still the leader of the group and you have to be willing to like take responsibility Yep. and not try and look for somebody to be a scapegoat. Yep. Um, that's also known as being a coward. Um, <laughs> 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 sorry. Quack. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. Uh, um, and last point in this is you have to be fine, which is kind of the same point I just made. You have to be fine with being, like the face of whatever you're the face of, the leader of whatever you're leading, even when times aren't good. Yep. You can't just be like, um, like, yeah, be like promoting yourself as the leader of this group when times are good. Like when times are bad, you still have to like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the leader of this. We're going to yep. acknowledge that it's not good right now, but I'm taking the, the necessary steps to correct whatever went wrong. But yes, I'm the, I'm the leader. Yep. I should have seen whatever came. I should have seen it coming. And you have to be willing to be that face, that leader, even when times aren't good. Yep. You know, there's a great example of that. Mark Cuban. Yeah. When all that, when all that stuff happened in the yeah. front office with the sexual harassment, and he really maybe genuinely didn't know, but he came out and owned it completely. He's yeah. like, the fact that I didn't know is why I'm at fault. And he's definitely been the face in some great times, some bad times in that organization. But I think that was one of those moments where I looked at him and I was like, I think he's a, yeah. he's real. Yeah. I think, I think you realize how good a leader is when times are bad. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think you see how good of a leader is by like judging when times are good. Cause it's, it's super easy to like sit in your leadership role and to, I don't know, make public your um, your group when times are good. Yep. But how, how are you reacting when times are bad? Are you still, like, claiming that you're the leader of this? Yep. Or are you trying to back down and place the blame on somebody else? Yep. So gotta be, you got to be the leader in good times and bad times. And you got to try and lead people through the bad times to get back to the good times. You can't just give up. Man. You're coming with some flames today. I'm trying to. So my first one was love people. 
my second one, which I just, as I'm looking at my list, I'm realizing that I wrote down three different things for my second one. I thought they all tied in, and I don't think they do. You can tie it in. You're, gift, um, you're gifted at that. Well, I'm going to try to figure it out. But I, I think the most important thing is like learning to know who you are and being confident in that. Because uh, I think a lot of times leaders conform, and I've caught myself being guilty of this at times, but conform to the person they're working with, not even in a way of like, you know, loving them how they are. But like, I think you just got to know who you are. You have to know your gifts. You have to know your talents. You have to be completely confident in that. And I think that um, the greatest things in life are an oxymoron. Like they don't make sense. And, or I guess, let me rephrase that. The greatest things in life are a contradiction. Like they just don't like fully God, fully man. Like that's just, like it just doesn't rationalize, but also being confident and humble though, not like different. I think walking in that line is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think operating out of humility is one of the greatest traits ever. But I think being confident in that and not being apologetic for who you are. Um, Because if you are getting feedback from people and you're able to receive that, not just like hear it so that they feel good, but actually receive it and process who you are, I think it allows you to take bigger risks. Yeah. And that was the other one. That's how I tied it in. Yeah. Well, my, if you don't mind me, tech on yours, my my third one was boldness, which some of this might. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm I'm the one interrupting your point. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I I just wanted to. Throughout that, my third one is the same point that you just made. And mine's boldness, which a lot of the stuff I wrote down as I somewhat notes under this might seem like they contradict my uh, patience one, but they don't. You said I don't think they do. Hopefully, you don't. Yeah, I think there are like certain times where you got to be first off, a leader is basically like the they have like a decision maker role. So you got to be like have the boldness and like the wherewithal to be able to make a decision like yep. in the moment, like sometimes you're going to be have to make decisions in the moment and you, you're the person to make that decision. So if you're a poor decision maker, this is where I'm lacking as a leader. I'm a, I'm a poor decision maker. Like even like simple stuff, like where are we going to eat? When Emily and I are trying to like decide where to go eat sometimes mm. it takes us going back and forth for like 30 minutes to decide where we're going to eat. So I think you have to be like bold to your decisions and know like you like you like know your identity as a decision maker and be willing and able to make those decisions like whether it, you're, you have t- time to think about your decisions or whether you have to make them like on the spot. Yeah. Um, and make the decision that's the best decision, mm-hmm. the best you know, not the decision that will make the room the happiest. Yeah. And that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, when you're standing in front of somebody that you know the decision that you're going to make is going to make their job harder or their life a little more difficult, but you know long term is better, it's hard not to just conform. It's yeah. a hard thing for me. Yeah, but you did, you did sign up for that. If you are seeking to be a leader of anything, you're signing up to also be like a big part of the decision making for a lot of people. Yep. So you have to have like that boldness within you to be able to like. Might be a, it might be a super difficult situ- uh, decision. It might be a, like a simple decision, but wherever it falls on that spectrum, you have to be able to make the decision and live with it. And um, I don't know. But then I, I do think you do have to have like a willingness to take a leap and take chances. And I know I talked about not um, approaching things like reacting in a rash manner, but I do think 
also there's sometimes where there's an opportunity in front of you and if you aren't bold and you don't take that leap and don't take that chance you're gonna have a, like a big thing pass you up yep so i think it, it so this might be more of like a, a wisdom slash boldness type thing yep because i think you have to be wise to to realize a good opportunity once in front of you and you have to make a quick decision Yep. But I think you also have to be bold to act on that wisdom to take that opportunity. Yeah. So a mix between like wisdom and boldness, I think can be is, is a super powerful thing for leaders. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard one. Cause yeah. I think a lot of times that thing that scares you the most is probably the thing you should do. Yeah. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's going to get dicey, especially if you don't have people around you that believe in what you're doing and having to, to start from scratch, which leads into my last one. Um, because I think a lot of people, we've talked about this on earlier episodes where someone's the greatest at making tortillas and he just loves making tortillas. And then five years down the road, he's no longer making tortillas because he's running this full company. He's no longer doing what he loves. And so I think if you know who you are and you know your strengths and you're confident in those, you also along that way should learn through feedback and through just trial and error what you're not good at. And so learning to... Um, train and delegate people those responsibilities. I think there's a lot of great leaders who are not the number one of the company. They're the number two or three. Uh-huh. They're the COO because they don't like. Maybe they're more of the operations side. They don't need to be like. I think known where you are. People get too hung up in that. Like, you know, the leader's got to be the CEO. Like, I think you can lead from underneath, which is a, a whole nother conversation that's difficult. But I think knowing your strengths and hiring and firing based on those. And so if you're, if you're somebody who just, especially in our world, is really creative and understands the creative side of stuff, like I think you and I are a great example of that. Like I think that we operate very differently when on the strength side. I'm sure if you went and started your own company, I'm sure that you could sell. I don't think that would be, I think that it wouldn't be life-giving to you and I don't think it's your top skill. I just, but like when it comes to like strategy and writing and organization, and being able to build campaigns, I don't think there's anybody better. And so I think that finding people that like mirror what you're not good at and learning to train and delegate those people into your vision, I think is incredibly important. Yeah. And somebody we just hired, <clears throat> um, one of the questions, we, like I always ask people during the hiring process is um, like biggest weakness, and which we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And Usually that's like a, almost my work, favorite question. I just work way too hard sometimes. You know, I just, it's just hard for me sometimes to go home at night. Yeah. I just, I love my job so much. And um, sometimes I'll just work too many hours and I don't take a break. It's, yeah. Yeah. I just, it's working throughout the night. I don't get sleep. Yeah. I just, I just love people too well. And I've just never failed at a job. But, and so I won't say the person's names because I don't know if it's my story to tell, even though I think they wouldn't care. Um, but they said their biggest weakness is that they shut down whenever their superior or whoever is helping like sh- train them or show them what's going on when they don't, when they berate them and they don't try to help them. Uh-huh. So as soon as they begin to get berated, they just shut down. One, I think knowing that that's a weakness is already great. Uh-huh. But two, I think that's a thing that a lot of people struggle with is that you become a manager or a leader of a, any kind of a, a campaign or organization and then you immediately because something went wrong your training method is to make them feel bad so they don't do it again whereas if you just walk them through and showed them like hey 
we talked about this. This is what I would expect. It's going to be okay. Would you prefer that it didn't happen again? And like walking through someone through those steps, I think is everything. Uh-huh. I thought that was one of the best weakness answers I've gotten in a long time. Yeah. It's very self-aware, but also I think it's a trait, a bad trait of the leader. Yeah. That was a good one. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that it's, I think that leadership has become in some ways undervalued. I think a lot of people become a leader and what got them to be a leader of people is that they followed them and they forget that and they turn their back and they, as they're going through like the forest of business, they're just like trying to carve the path and they forget the people are with them. Yeah. And people, some people are hanging on, but they forget that like these people are here with you for a reason. And most great leaders are honestly, in my experience, most great leaders are great leaders because of the people behind them. I also think it's a lot easier nowadays to like have the perception of a leader. Just like, I don't know. So just for example, there's like, there little, there's like Instagram accounts with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. And like one, some of my least favorite accounts and least favorite posts are people that you can tell like either doctor a photo or like staged it and like took a lot of time to stage it. And their caption is about authenticity. Yeah. Those are like some of my least favorite ones, but a lot of people like grasp onto that type of stuff and they'll start viewing that person as like a, as like a leader in the like authenticity world. Yep. I think it's, I think it's pretty easy to create like the perception that you are, that you're a leader but I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I think leaders are are ranked by success. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you judge most leaders, how most leaders judge each other. And I think that too many leaders have the wrong success measures. Like revenue, making money, very important. You get that. You know, maybe growing your company in size, whether it be money or whether it be people, great. But I think that if more leaders' success was the health of the people around them, um, and the quality of things that are happening. And honestly, a great leader will replace themselves. And so over time, that's some of the things that they're doing, they're training other people to do. That's a great leader. Yeah. And so I think some of the greatest leaders in our country aren't known. Yeah. I'd agree with that. They're, I mean, they're, they're hidden and, and maybe it's because they don't want to be known or maybe it's because they're investing their time in different things. But I, I think you nailed it earlier. I think that you, you see the character of a person during failure. That's a hard thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, you look at Conor McGregor. We're talking about that on the last podcast. This dude built an empire. And then once success came, I mean, you'd have to really kind of question what kind of leadership characteristics he's displaying at this point publicly. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, I was a big fan of him forever, so that's hard to say. But I don't know, man. I think that too many people have the wrong success measure. Yeah. You know? I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard up here. Like, Things are good and bad, but I think I also think there's something powerful, and this is probably my personal opinion. Two, I'm going to say two things. One, I'm a big believer, and this is going to sound bad at first, and I'm going to clarify it. A big believer in a professional setting of blurring the lines p- between professional and personal, in which that's dictated by the person, the two people, right? So I fully acknowledge as a man, as a male leader, that those lines have to be more careful when it comes to a female. Right. Like mm-hmm. you just got to be, especially as a married man, very careful with those things. 
very important to me and I try to draw very clear boundaries. Um, but I think it's important to know what's going on in people's lives and people be open, especially when transparency is not just between like the leader and the person they're leading, but also that becomes in the whole group. I think that level of transparency is life changing. Uh And so I think that's a hard, um, that's a hard one. And I completely forgot my second one. So what important? That's, that's basically, that's the biggest one though. Cause yeah. if, you, if you can get like the people you're leading to be transparent with you, obviously they trust you. Obviously you haven't done anything to like make them question your character or anything. They're willing to like be transparent with you. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest things. So yep. that, can, that can be two points in itself. Yeah. That's going to, I feel like you're the people you're leading and their willingness to be transparent with you. Uh, it probably encompasses most of like our list. Like it encompasses, like you're probably a patient person. You probably, you for sure have some sort of humility and you've probably gained respect by being bold. Yeah. To the point where people are willing to like open up their personal lives and be transparent with you. Yep. Also because they know you're going to listen to them. Yep. I remember my second point and it goes off your list. But like we always try to say the term like failing forward, but like also celebrating your success with everybody but also allowing people to see you mourn failure. And that should be a short period. Um, but I think, you know, because the way you come in, the way you operate, we had a hard thing this week, and I turned on some emo music. Um, a great playlist, by the way. It's a great playlist. If this doesn't work out, you might want to pursue being a DJ. In coffee shops. In coffee shops. Yeah, in, nowhere else. In the year 2000. Yeah, yeah I'm going to need to go back and time. Yeah, you're going to... A, tw- a 2000s coffee shop now would be great. You're going to have to time travel to 2004 to be a DJ at a coffee house. Yeah. But if you could do that... I would have been okay. You would have been great. You would have been a leader of that industry. I would have been. I think people seeing you... Like seeing... Like like you said, owning your stuff, but like seeing you fail is okay. I think people... I think you're out of your mind if you think people believe that you don't fail. And I think people try to create this Instagram persona. Yeah. Like all's good, man. We're killing it. Everything's great. Where publicly people see that. And then privately people are like, well, I don't, I don't, that's not true. And so people seeing that process, I think is, is good. Cause they know, like people know they can read it and they can smell yeah. it on you. That's yeah. I, think I, don't, I don't think you can approach anything with thinking I can probably fool these people into thinking that I don't ever fail. Yeah. Like that's not only are you lying to yourself, but you're probably like, diminishing the IQ of the people you're leading. Yeah. They're, they're smart enough to know that every human is going to fail. Yeah. So just knowing that going in that, hey, they're going to fail or I'm going to fail and it's okay if I fail as a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how I like react and respond to it. Yep. Like you can't go in thinking, I'm gonna, this is going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not ever going to fail and my people are going to respect me because I'm not ever going to fail. Yeah. Or people, or people do that phony fail. Yeah. Where it's like, um, it's kind of like if I asked you, okay, you and I are hanging out. I know you're not doing good. I know something's wrong. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? You're not going to say good because you know. So you start to tell me, you just tell me something. Not the thing that's really bothering you because you're afraid to tell me, but you're just like, oh, man, I'm just not sleeping good. Like you just say something, not a lie, but you just give a little bit of the truth where I think people really don't, like whether they know it or not, I think they can sense that's not real. And so, like you said, owning your mistakes it's easy to own a mistake that's minor. That's like an internal problem. But whenever you lose a big account 
or whenever something really bad happens or someone has to be fired or something really bad in the company happens to publicly stand up, whether it be in front of the, the people that have been failed or whatever and own it and not own it in a way that's like, yeah, I should have monitored them better. You know, yeah. they, I, I'd like to be able to say, Hey, this is on me and support your people. I think that's the, the greatest thing. I can't imagine a coach after, you know, a world series game, they lost getting up there and be like, I coached so well. Yeah. And these guys, like, you've lost the clubhouse. Yeah. And I think two people do that without knowing it. And I think people walk out of those meetings oh, saying, sure. like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I trust this person anymore. Yeah. And so I think that's a good one. Yeah. What would you say? This is going to be a hard question. I want you to give me some feedback. What would you say in, like, areas that I lead that you think I could do a better job of? Uh, and it's obviously not humility. Man, that is a tough one. Because I do think you're a good leader. You're not sharing office with you. So I should like, I see basically everything you do every day. So something, something should come to my mind super quick. I'm also just, just to clarify, to give you some time. I'm also, also know how you operate. I know that you like to process things. Yeah. That's why I'm just talking right now. No. So I know that's an unfair question. And so I'm not taking this as like, so although I do appreciate it a ton and a lot of people appreciate it a ton, you are pretty sarcastic. Yep. And as propaganda says, uh, sarcasm is really. Is, <laughs> now you're there. Sarcasm. <laughs> shoot, I just forgot the. It's the sar- truth. Sarcasm is really the only time people tell the truth. Yep. I know your, sar- your sarcasm, you aren't really telling the truth, but I know there's a lot of people like understand sarcasm and know when you're being sarcastic, but some people don't. And I yep. think, I think everybody at our office, like, they aren't. They want to say. Yeah. They want to say anything about that. But if you're around other people, yeah, they might. Yeah, no, I think that's good feedback. I've noticed that through the years. I'll probably always somewhat operate in that, um, because it's kind of my love language, which I try to get better. But I've noticed at times that I'll say stuff. Okay, start having fun when everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. But when somebody is has something going on and you become sarcastic, and that's actually a deep rooted issue for them, I think it. It allows them sarcasm is very detrimental when somebody actually questions that they think you're true. Yeah. It's detrimental. And I've noticed that there's been things I've said to people years ago. They ask like, I know you're being sarcastic, but do you really believe that? And that question is a killer. Well, even if it's like not directed like right at them, but they just overhear you say something sarcastic to somebody else. Yeah. And they don't know you're being sarcastic. So all of a sudden that sarcastic statement becomes a fact to them. They aren't gonna. They aren't gonna follow you, yeah. probably. And I don't want those people to be my friends. And your feedback is irrelevant. There you go. You know, no, I I totally agree with that. I think that's very. But I think feedback. I think most people I know, including myself, are very sarcastic people. Yeah. So, yeah, I try to balance it because I think I am overly sarcastic. With like, okay, I think I'm a lot more sarcastic in a public setting, in a large group setting. And then, like, in a one-on-one, I'm less sarcastic. Uh-huh. So, for instance, like, somebody a few years ago told me they were leaving. Um, and, we like, we talked about it. And then I told them, hey, I'm going to joke about this. Like, a lot. Because you're you're completely failing me as a friend. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that's good feedback. Because I think that sometimes uh, you can kind of mess some people up with that. And sometimes yeah. people just need an honest answer. So it's just annoying too. Yeah. I'm super proud that you gave me some feedback. Yeah. I just made that up. I was hoping it was going to, 
is going to strike some type of cord or land somehow. It hurt. Did and it I will never joke did. again. That's a good hurt. I will never joke no, please, again. Please do. <laughs> you know, it was a hard one, man. And what? what was scary was having Katie give me feedback in a professional setting. I get it at home and it's very fair, but it was some of the best answers ever. What'd she say? You don't have to share. Never mind. No, no. I'll, I'll give, put you on the spot. Um, I'll give all the feedback I got. I've gotten feedback that I'm too um, easy on people. I allow things to skate by. Um, I sometimes like maybe it's because I don't want to deal with it or because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings that I do that. And I think it's a very bad trait because it, one, you didn't grow that other person. And two, you told everybody else in the room that that's the standard. And then you get mad at somebody else. Um, Katie gave me feedback that I'm too hard on her versus other people, which is very true and very unfair because that's a line crossed. Um, and then what else did Katie say? Katie gave me another one that hurt real bad. She said I was too good looking. Um, I'm just kidding. That wasn't feedback. So see, when you're when you're being sarcastic, oh, sarcastic. Gosh dang. When you're, when you're sarcastic nowadays, you don't even hear it. And that's why I didn't respond just now. Yeah. I didn't even hear it. I'm so used to it. Yeah, it's like floated over my head. But I think that's an important thing is to get feedback from people that you love, and to create that culture. Like just being like healthy to receive that. Yeah. And I think that's probably probably one of the traits in myself I'm most confident in is like just teachability. I just don't think I'm very smart. And so I thought I got to figure it out or learn from other people. Such so ask a ton of questions, but I have no, like, I know that I joke a ton about, um, and I think I'm probably a little bit cocky. Do you want me to teach you how to play basketball? Yeah. First off. No, I'll have to, te- I'll have to teach you how to tie ankle braces. If that's the case, you so I'm skating that. you around. So it doesn't sound like you're very teachable. Well, you can't learn from someone who has no idea what they're doing. Come on, bro. No idea. What You're talking doing. to the the eighth grade offensive MVP. Well, Sorry, let, let me let me teach you how to score buckets. What wins championships? I don't know. Defense. Who was the Does defensive it? MVP that year? Who? Me. Does defense win championships nowadays? No, but it did then. It seems like just whoever scored. We also the most. did. We also didn't win championships or have defense. It might next year. With I the, was with the Clippers having a stop. I was. Uh, I was. I was trying to get Katie to come in here, give me some feedback. Um. We also work with um a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. Also, a bunch of very powerful women, mm-hmm. which I think is probably a godsend for us. Mm-hmm. Your wife is also very powerful. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the two of us are surrounded by an outrageous amount of powerful women, uh-huh. which I think makes life harder and four times better. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think this is a, I think this is something if I could tell any leader right now that's sitting here leading people, whether it be their family or whatever, I would say number one, be in love people and two, be um, teachable. That's my top two. And, that's I, and I think you're a great leader. Thanks, man. I think you are too. I think that you. So I just had to make up a, a feedback for you. No, that was that's actually very fair. I'm sure you have like a, I'm sure when you go home tonight and you and Emily are having dinner, you're I'll, gonna be like, let me let's just tell you the things I wanted to tell Logan. I'll bring you a list tomorrow. <laughs> just, give me, just give me about three hours to process. If it's over, if it's over two pages, I'm not reading it. 
So I don't get any like explanation of the my feedback. You got to read it to I me. I just got to list off the feedback. You got to you can no 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 you can you just got to read it to me. I'm not going to okay. read it. My next feedback for you is learn how to read. Nope. Old way. Name a time that I need to read from now on. More than more than a sentence. When you're reading a book. Okay, audio book. I think there's been like scientific studies that say like actually holding a book keeps you more like concentrated and it's better for your brain to actually like hold a physical book and read it. Nope. I don't believe it. Not e- not even not even like a like a ebook. Nope, don't believe it. I believe it. Nope. That's why I struggled in school. Because you don't read those physical books. No. I read books in school. A couple. No. Dude, I read like seven or eight sports grades no. and probably twenty Hank the Cow Dogs. Yeah. You're out of your mind, dude. I also read four Harry Potter books. Three and a quarter, actually, because the fourth that's one a, was way too long. That's actually quite a bit, because those are long books. No, it's the worst. Let's wrap it up, man. You got any words of wisdom? Um, I would just always... Uh, I think one of the like biggest measures, if you're wondering how good of a leader you are, is to look how healthy the people you're leading are. And to do that, you kind of need to... Uh, like Logan was saying, you got to know a little bit of their personal life. So finding out a way to make them trust you enough to open up to you, be being willing to uh, create a culture that, that people are willing to open up about their, their personal life. And then like um, looking at it and analyzing it, not analyzing, that's too like businessy of a word, looking at it and just like seeing how healthy the people are that you're mm. leading. I think that's a good measure of how good of a leader you are. So that's good. I think my, uh, since we just spent some time about being a leader, I think that everybody has leader traits in them and everybody will have scenarios and situations in which they are called to lead. But I don't think being a leader is the most important thing. I think that loving the people around you and changing the pond around you is important. And it's going to take you take and stepping up. But if you aren't the leader in your organization, you're number three, you're number 23, you're number 97. Um, you have the ability to, to do things to change your culture every day. And so I think sometimes we measure what a leader looks like by the person who's on stage, the person who wrote the book, the person with the Instagram account. And I think some of the best leaders and the, some of the best people that will change our society are people that are just doing it well in the everyday. Uh-huh. So when you wake up, say you have an opportunity to change someone's life. So do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Damn, we need that Shia LaBeouf on the soundboard right now. We got to change it to Ed, ba- Ed Bassmaster and Shia, and Shia LaBeouf. Do it. Just do it. Psh. <laughs> hey, man, this is a good episode. Psh. This was a great episode. Psh. Thank you for your time. If you're still listening at minute whatever, 50-something, then thank you for still listening. We appreciate you. We're grateful for you. Whoa, am I getting overtime here right now? Because it is 5.04. Sure. I know I probably came in like eight minutes late, so never mind. So you still got four minutes, so I'll try wrapping something up real quick. Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe. Give us some feedback. Lead people well. Love people well. We out. I've been scribbling words on a cocktail napkin Scratching a lucky strike ad madmen My rapping is sorta old-fashioned Window shopping, hip-hopping mannequin Roger to his Don Draper, we make songs Elevator music, rock to the PM Dawn Copping a new John, mocking your crew song I'm dope in a pocket, plus hot with a suit on We madmen